Today's documentary is Free Identical Strangers. Myself, Matt Wills, and Rick Walton will review this bad boy in our own inimitable, is that a word, Rick? In our own inimitable style? You're very tired today, aren't you, Matt? That's just been the least enthusiasm. It's No, I've had a... Um, you know those protein bars you have? Oh, like the birthday cake flavored ones and the Gorilla Canade. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I pretended they were keto, and I was, I got, I got addicted to those when I was pretending to be keto this month. Now, like, no, they're keto friendly, <laughs> and it was just like a brick of sugar. I was <laughs> snorting up my nose. Well, I've had one of those earlier, and uh, I, yeah, I do. It, it for me now. I have sugar like that. It's like smoking oh. a joint. I'm just out of it. That. So I, you're gonna ca- you're gonna carry the weight of this show for at least the first half. <laughs> Let me do the intro and then we can hear what your thoughts are. It's from the year 2018. I watched it on Netflix. Did you watch it on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, I caught it on Netflix. Cool. Um, The director is Tim Wardle. Uh, The Money, now listen to The Money on this, Rick, because this is fascinating. On the opening weekend, it took $171,503. That was two years ago, right? It's now grossed thirteen million four hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. Wow! So I think it was—it wasn't a Netflix original, and that was made. Then Netflix have whacked it on. No, it was a—it was made by Channel Four and CNN. That's right. I saw the film Four thing. Yeah. And Tim Wardle is a uh, is an English fella, but anyway, that is the most successful documentary from a money point of view that we've ever had on this show. I think it might be. Yeah. And probably the probably the best thing Film Four has been involved in because it's normally like you know a Danny Dyer movie where it's just like you don't know Romper, <laughs> but down the street we like going for chips and then you hit someone for cricket bat because it's football. Ugh. And it's one of those movies where if you see the Film Four logo in someone's DVD collection, you're like, ah, oh, we'll we'll stick away out of this guy for spa for a while. As you know, Rick, I'm reasonably liberal. I'm reasonably, you know, I'm I'm a live and let live. <laughs> I'm a live and let live kind of a guy. Back away from Dyer. You need to leave our man alone. <laughs> Dyer's one of my lot. Back the fuck off. All right, son. You've been warned. Leave it. Um, what is your... <laughs> what, what, what's the love of Danny Dyer, then? That's Danny Dyer? Have you yeah. ever met my mate Johnny Cab? No, yeah. clearly. I don't think you've met any of my uh, mates. Um, I, 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 take, I take pride in not meeting them. <laughs> um, jo- <yeah. laughs> I don't want to explain how we're linked together to these successful people. <laughs> no, that, that, that is true. Um, well, Johnny is related to Mr. Dyer. So he's ah. he's basically his family. So, uh, oh, right. Yeah. Fair enough. So basically, if he was to phone me up and go, all right, it's Johnny's mate, Danny. I've got to get rid of a body. I am bound by East End Code to drive over to his house with a shovel and start digging a hole. It's just the rules that we're raised with. That's how Here's it goes. The thing. Here's the thing. Matt Wills is that helpful. I imagine he's had that <laughs> phone call before. I've dug a few holes. What happened to Jason Statham's ex-wife? That's what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's south of the river. He don't count. Matt, um, Matt is pretty damn good at building patios. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Um, so, three identical strangers, the accolades, 11 wins, 
30, uh, 54 nominations. This thing cleared up and it also won the special jury prize at the Sundance Film Festival. So this this thing is cleaning up all over the place, right? And here's the blurb. When three teenagers meet by chance and discover they are identical triplets separated at birth, they're delighted until the true story emerges. This was my feelings on it, Rick. It starts off with the Netflix logo in the top left-hand corner of the screen, and it, it gives the uh, rating, which I think on this one is 15. You know, we are really going to deep dive this breakdown, then, aren't we? <laughs> the second frame. <laughs> well, that was the first frame. And it says, suicidal references. So you know, somewhere in this documentary, there's a lot of sad music coming along. I didn't even see that, but yeah. there was points where you're like, it's funny, we've only heard from two of the triplets. Yeah. Uh, I feel, uh, but yeah. Um, but that, and that I ruined got, it for me, because I'm like, this ain't uh, going to end well. First and foremost, I would like to take this uh, DVD or a copy of this documentary and find Wrinkles the Clown and tie him to a chair <laughs> and make him watch this and say, this, this is how isn't- you do it. <laughs> This is an interesting story, you fucking bum. <laughs> but, like, this is this is what this is again. This this reaffirmed why we have this as as what we do as documentaries instead of movies because it's like it's once in a lifetime stories. You, you, again, yeah. everyone says the phrase within it. I wouldn't believe this story unless it happened to me. Yes. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that is what you really want and need from a documentary to be decent, unless it's grade A nutcases. I've got nothing against Brian Knox or, or the Scott Currums and, and the Meekses of this world, but this story on its own is is fucking brilliant. I I, th- I think it's a brilliant brilliant choice, this one. I, I thought it was incredibly miserable. <laughs> Good documentary for me, I've noticed, since I have to watch the miserable stuff that you get me to watch. It's almost in two halves because it builds you up to a, isn't this great? Oh, it's all, it's like a Disney movie. And then suddenly they go, duh, 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 and then it all goes downhill into Depressville. The, the thing is, you're like a boxer that doesn't keep his hands up. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. Emotionally, you just lead with your chin. There was so many times. Great analogy. From- from hanging out with you, you're such like again. You, you were fantastic, and I, I, I mean this with the, with all sincerity. You're such a lovely person. I'll start talking, and you'll want to be on my side of something, so you'll jump on in, and then I've literally got like a joke that goes the other way that you've already jumped in on. Go, I agree with that, and you go, no, this happened. You go, oh. <laughs> You just need to feel reserved. And when a TV show makes you feel something, that means it's entertaining or worthwhile piece of art or entertainment. Yeah. In my opinion, as opposed to you going, no, look I, at I him. Buy into that. He's giving away all his trainers. He's really happy. <laughs> Come on, that was entertaining. That's one of our oh. most downloaded episodes. Minimalism episode 10, I think that was. Check That's a lie. That is, that is a flat lie. All right. Yeah, I've got the stats, Rick. You can't you, argue I, with the I, screenshots <laughs> I've got. All right. Unfortunately, the stats are sealed until till two thousand and sixty-six. <laughs> uh, well, they're sealed from you, you fucker. You don't even know the login. What are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling. I'm telling. I'm telling people we've reached a thousand downloads. I'm just trying to cheer me up after a tough week. <laughs> just, 
Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it's all Photoshop, mate. Yeah. But here's the thing. This is a fantastic story. I think we can just go through it and do it from that. So it starts off with me, Bobby Shaffron. Yes. Um, who's on his way to community college. He's driving yeah. to college. And again, this this is fucking brilliant. If you put this in the movie, you'd be like, this is too dumb. Seth Rogen's not even trying anymore. If you put that in a Seth Rogen yeah. movie is how he gets there. So he gets to college. And everyone's super nice to him. He parks him. He's like, oh, my God, you're back. How are you doing? He's like, hey, how was your summer? Women are going kissing him. They're so glad to see yeah. him. They didn't think he was coming back this semester. And he went, Eddie, my name, I don't know an Eddie. I'm not Eddie. And then someone comes to his door and says, oh, my God, when's your birthday? And then they run. No, and his, call first, his first question was, oh, my God, are you adopted? That was his opening line. That that's a bold opening line to say to anybody. Here's the thing that 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 whole scene sort of sparked uh, memories for me because I remember going to uni, and I have like I was raised and nurtured by bullies, is how I'd call my core group of friends. Um, raised to this and nurtured day, by who? Bullies. <laughs> oh, bullies! <laughs> there, there's not him. nice ones among us. When one of us gets engaged, there is a campaign to not be the best man. Like quite is, right too. Yeah, that's that's a part of getting older when you realise how dog shit that job is. That's an awful. Luckily, job. not a single friend has ever asked me due to my organisational skills. They know how bad the stag do would end up. <laughs> I, but, I would get married just to have you as my best man, just to screw you over. That's what I would do, just for making me watch all this miserable art, Here's the thing, as Matt. you're calling it. I know you're a nice enough guy just to sort the stag do yourself, though. I'll do the speech. <laughs> We're fine. I've, I've got I've got a tight... How boring would my stag do be? The best bit would be your speech. This guy's well <laughs> worth watching. Very funny. Heard him what on the podcast. Doing, well, it's, it's not the weekend where Matt goes off the reservation, unfortunately. That was last month, and he refused to change anything because he got un- undiagnosed OCD. So... <laughs> So what we're going to do now, we're going to go around his, and he's going to fold clothes, and he's going to decide if he wants to keep them. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> now, that sounds go. like a weekend of fun. Oh, those stag do t-shirts you made? Yeah, put them in the box. <laughs> 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 so, but like like you said, I, I, I'm being harsh, kind of. Like, uh, I grew up with an older brother. We shared a room. And I always find that there is like two types of people. There are sensitive people and there are people who had older brothers. Because there's a level that you get spoken to. Yes. And threat when you're in that kind of environment. Because it's not so much a bedroom. It's a fucking, it's a cell with a bug bed. And uh, him gone through the teen years, I got no sleep either. I thought I had like seasickness. Um, (laughs) So we're just like, it's just mean to each other. And I have friends who are the similar way. And you have to unlearn all of that shit when you leave. Because, like, when you meet someone, you've already got, um, what's it called? I'm, I'm just talking friends. Forget love. I just mean just how to be a nice person. Like, because when you meet someone, in, in our minds, it's already what insults would we say if they were to, like, we're on the back foot as if they're about to insult us. So what would be the sniper shot through their kneecaps? Just, yeah, yeah. Just, just, to, just to let them know that this isn't, just we're not fucking about here. <laughs> there could be a nickname that could last you three years if you look at me wrong. <laughs> like... And I had to unpick and just learn that people were just happy to meet you. Uh, it's a weird thing. It's honestly, it's super weird. And it's still something that like, I, I have conversations with about to the day. Not to the five friends whose approval I still I still want. Right, back to so Bobby Shaffron. I, I, so, where, why did we go down that rabbit hole? 
because you started uni and it was me starting uni that reminded me right. of all that stuff. So he goes to uni, everyone's super nice to him. Yeah. Someone asks, are you adopted? Then they ask his <laughs> birthday. Yes. Which I thought was incredible. A friend would know the guy's birthday. Like you had yeah, nothing to talk weird. about in the eighties, like did you? <laughs> like, yeah. How bad was the cocaine they were getting? And then they drive overnight to go and meet this guy who who is the dead ringer of Bobby. And yeah, they are the dead ringers. And it turns out they're both adopted. Gets into the newspaper. Identical twins. They go to the newspaper. The newspaper sends a plane, which I thought was hilarious. It could have drove or, or got, you know, a commercial flight, surely. But no, this has got to be on the front page. Yeah. Wax them in the front page of the news. Now, the way the story gets mental is, so that story's crazy enough. You've got, not only did you just turn up at a college that your adopted brother went to the year before, not only did you get recognized by someone who knew his birthday and the fact he was adopted, but also you um, you put it in the newspaper and then there's a third one that everyone recognizes, which I believe is David. Yeah, so the, the, the three twins are Bobby, Eddie, and David. Bobby Shaffron, Eddie Galland, and David Kelman. So the Bobby Shaffron was the reserved one, and he was the working class family. Eddie Galland was the lovable one, the fella, uh, really nice fella, the funny one. He was from a rich family. And then David is the normal one from a sort of middle class family. And they were all adopted into into families that also had, uh, they had all, they all had adopted sisters as well who were adopted into these families. All, all had adopted sisters, yeah. which comes into it. But it's funny when they meet up because they say they all just start rolling around on the floor together like puppies. And then yeah. the, the next scene we see is them chucking a frisbee to each other. So they are just tre- like dogs their whole life. <laughs> but it's just... <laughs> They're just so happy to be around each other. Like. Well, and then they go on the talk show circuit. This is where the documentary is like the Disney bit. Because basically they then start partying together in New York, right? They're 19, 20 or No, they must be 21 years old because they're all drinking. They're having a whale of a time. They go into Studio yeah. 54. Studio 54, they're all getting wrecked. They're on the talk show circuit. Yeah. I do find hilarious, just just to double back, like the idea that you've got a twin and then you've got three of them. Just imagine if at school one of them was being bullied and then <laughs> the next day there's, there's two more of them, like the fucking X-Men. They've just multiplied around a bully. Yeah. I just think, yeah, it's just fascinating to us. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're on it. They're, they're absolutely loving life. They live together. They make everything similar. And they accentuate yep. their similarities. Is, is, is Very the much. Thing. Yeah, they'll wear the same identical clothing. And they, yeah, they, they play I up to, to know it, right? Who, who suggested getting the perms is who I want to talk to because they all got the same perm. It was the 80s. And Everyone was like that in the 80s. Even me. They all look like late 80s coke dealers. And when you look at them with their shirts open <laughs> and the perm and they've all got one ring on. You see my hair in the 80s, man. No word of a lie. It was out here. It was huge. <laughs> if my hair grows like it did in the 80s, it was massive. Were you trying to sneak a couple of extra inches on there with a... Yes, a, a, absolutely. Super, the super bad fro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they had great hair. Superb hair. They did have very good hair. And they were all very likable as well, particularly yeah. the bigger one. The bigger one, for some reason. It's funny, they're all identical. And there's one that just seems warmer, which was a, an idea. That... 
No, that Eddie's the one who died. <laughs> you know that suicidal reference thing I mentioned? I was going to leave that till later on. Well, I had <laughs> So, so you don't think it was Eddie? No, Ed, Eddie's the one who passed. I'm positive on that. Did, I don't... So the first one is Bobby. He Bobby's going to yep. uni. Yeah, Bobby. Bobby then goes and calls Eddie because you don't have Ed, you only have like an audio of something Eddie says. That's right. You don't have, yeah, yeah. The, you don't have Eddie of the talking heads. And then I've you have two Big out of Dave. three. I've called him one, two, and three. So yeah, David yep. is is three out of three because obviously you're and you're seeing the talking head of them, aren't you, as adults explaining it. Um, yeah. Like, you know, 30 years after, or 40 years now after the event. Well, one of them looks like, do you know the actor Bobby Cavanelli? Used to be, uh, I'm, I'm sure he used to be a comic. He looks like he could be in The Sopranos, Big Div. Yeah, it, but that's pretty... what Bobby Cavanelli looks like. Afterwards, yeah, check it... out Bobby Bobby Cavanelli. Okay, he, he looks uh... like him. And and they talk, you know that cool New Yorkness that I like in the accent, the way they talk? They've kind of got that, all three of them that, to a the team. The actor from yeah. Wrinkles to the Clown Voice. It's just like... Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, you see, we're right, man. We could probably drink <laughs> beer together. Yeah, and we're over here now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you coming yeah, or we what? With it. But then on the talk shows, you see things like they, um, they, they were all quite funny. Yeah. They, they were all wrestlers at one point. Yeah, that was weird. And... All smoked the same fags. Well, the, that was a funny one to me. He's like, they both smoke Marlboro Red in the eighties. You're kidding us, aren't you? <laughs> That was the best cigarette to smoke. I always went Marlboro Light. Uh, Marlboro Reds were too expensive when I started. <laughs> That's all I can say to <laughs> Yeah, I started when I was in university, not in corporate banking. All right. By the, <laughs> by the time you started, I was probably on my 12th attempt to give up. Um, they, were also, they were also in the Madonna film, Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah, yeah, they're creepy guys watching a woman go into a... Uh, yeah. Into a thing. That's what the eighties were like. It was just creepy guys watching women. I got to be honest. It's not just the eighties. I've been rewatching House, which again, with with the mood around my house at the minute, really is Russian roulette with your fucking feelings. Um, <laughs> house is superb. Every, I know, but when you watch it and then you see a bloke talk about a woman and then you're like, oh, that wouldn't fly eight years, nine years on. Like there's there's little bits on it where it's just sophomoric if. You know, if you're not being a predator, it means you're it's an admission of homosexuality. So um, Ed, Eddie wanted to find the birth mother, uh, which they did. And here's what Bobby said. We were a prom night knock-up job. <laughs> I've never heard that before. What a great expression. It reminded me of a family guy, the prom night dumpster baby thing. I'm a dumpster baby, um, and he said, yeah, she'd never gotten over giving her babies away. It was. It sounded like she was a bit of a booze hound. Because he said she could. She matched us drink for drink. Yeah, she didn't seem quite. And then they left. It wasn't like they already had their family. But yes. the families are annoyed. The parents of. Like, Very. they're cool. They've just met their brothers and they're loving life Studio 54. You know what they're Yeah, yeah. Pseudo celebrities, that everything's coming. They've got a flat in New York. They're in the muck. Do you know what I mean? They're having a blast. Yeah. And, um, but the families are trying to find out how this happened. So they go yes. to the adoption agency, which is a Jewish adoption agency, which plays a part in that. Um, and they basically they wanted answers, and they told them that it was harder to house 
two or three twins and david's dad was livid you meet david, you hear the most about david's yeah. dad and he's like this super charismatic warm he went we would have took all of them yes do you know what i mean he was the yes, immigrant was... wasn't he he owned his own hardware yeah. shop yeah built himself up from nothing Boy, and they got them from the Louise Wise Services, who were, you know, the biggest Jewish adoption agency in New York at the time. Yeah. And um, so they go in, they have a chat. Uh, they they do this. They leave feeling like they're being brushed off. Yes. Uh, I believe it's one of, one of the dads leaves their brolly inside the meeting room. So he yeah. goes back, and when he goes back in, he sees them popping the champagne as if they've just dodged a major bullet. And he's just yeah. like, this is... we've Something's happening here. The way they're responding is fucking insane. So yeah. they go to lawyers, go into some top law firms. Now, this is... This is where it gets it, rotten in Denmark. Uh, and this is where it becomes brittle ice in terms of making a joke. So I'm just going to say exactly... What, what what happened? So they went to the top law firms in New York, but unfortunately they couldn't take the case because so many people had associates trying to adopt from the Jewish adoption agency. So the kind of stereotype of New York Jewish lawyers became a huge problem because yeah. no law firm would take it because they had Jewish people trying to go from the Jewish adoption agency. So they, they, they crapped yeah. out. They couldn't find any info on that. No one would take the case. So, and then they... They dropped it, right, and let the free boys get on with their life. And what did they do? They did what any people would do once you've met up with your two long-lost brothers who were split from at birth. You open up a restaurant, <laughs> one of the most <laughs> stressful and dangerous industries you can get into, especially in New York. Did you see the logo of the restaurant? Yeah. Uh, oh my God, does that look like one-off? Because right? we're, we're both currently working for a comedy company that's kind enough to hire us. And the logo to that restaurant is bang on for what they've just knocked out yeah. as a new logo. <laughs> yeah, I thought that as well. But, I was like, but, hey, what, that, what the... how did Rick get into the triplets logo? <laughs> <laughs> Who would know? Who would know? Hmm? <laughs> I just, I, it was actually four of us, but I couldn't get the perm, so the other guys were dicks. Um <laughs> So they, um, there's one funny thing they do as a twin. One of them hasn't got insurance, so he actually gets his appendix out on the other lad's insurance. Yeah, and they're laughing, saying, "I hope, I hope David's, I hope David's appendix is feeling all right because he can't get it out twice on his insurance." I quite like that. The Cray twins did that as well. I actually, I live with one half of a twin. Same here. So, no, no, I don't. Uh, my mother's a twin. Your mum's a twin, right? Yeah, my missus is a twin. So, um, I was joking today. That yeah, I somehow I I think I've chosen wrong is what I was saying to my missus when we're talking about twins. Oh yeah, I chose the wrong twin. I think I got the evil twin because there's always an evil one and a kind one. Uh there would be phone calls immediately if I brought up how right you are about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're already in enough trouble with Mrs. Wharton. Listen, there is an Edinburgh show waiting from the documents are unsealed. There's some fascinating stories. I, I just I would get this shit kicked out of his hotel. Come twenty sixty six. So you just wait. Oh, if you subscribe to a future Patreon feed, you might find out some info there. <laughs> Um, we're then introduced to a journalist, uh, Mr. Lawrence Wright. Did you recognise him? No. He is in Going Clear. I recognise him from something, but he's one of the major contributors to Going Clear, the Scientology documentary. He wrote a book on Scientology. I did. I saw that he had a Scientology book on his bookshelf. Mm. 
Oh, wow. That's our first crossover. I think he's the reporter that investigated the guys who left because, um, yeah, I thought he might be one of these. But a bit like the coroner who pops up in a whole bunch of them, the celebrity oh, okay, coroner. With the, with the so I thought Beach it might guy. be him and I looked him up, but no, he's one of the going clear guys. Oh, blimey. Well, he... He's he also just... in The Siege, funny enough, with Denzel Washington. <laughs> really? Yeah, I checked his IMDb. I wanted to see what else he was in. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, well, his name, so it's Lawrence Wright. He finds a report about the psychology of children, and it's a secret report. So I don't know how he found it, but it mentions about studies that were done in New York on babies born in the 60s that were twins and they were separated from each other and given to different families as a, a science test, basically, as a science study, sorry. Yep. And then he's like, well, this is, no, that's that can't be right, can it? And he looks into it some more. Yeah, that's exactly what's happened. So turns out that the Louise Wise Services Adoption Agency were basically splitting twins up and, as it turns out, triplets, giving them to different families. It was all for a science experiment to, to basically, as far as I could tell, it was to see whether nature was stronger than nurture. That was that was the thing, yeah. And they um, so and then they started to remember there used to be people who came around and did tests on them as kids yeah. up until about the age of 11, 12. Yeah. And they told the family it was just a study on adopted children. And they would come, they'd do IQ tests, uh, round pegs and square hole tests. Yeah, um, Rorschach tests. Rorschach tests. Do you like Marlboro Reds, Marlboro Lights tests? Because <laughs> um, they could have genuinely been influencing these these kids, right, by some of the questions they were answering, uh, asking them. Also, I don't think that's a fair comparison. If you give one kid to a poor family, one kid to a middle-class family, one kid to an affluent family all in the same area, that's not a good test. You need to put one kid into Angola, into the, the child minds there. Another kid needs to go to Australia and then another kid in, in America. L then let's see if they all do wrestling classes, if they all smoke Marlboro Reds. If we've learned Project Nim, it's mainly about the ease for the scientists, not the uh, the comfort of the subjects. <laughs> I, I would, yeah. Because yeah. you can kind of imagine Dr. Newbauer passing the fucking, the, the professor from Project Nim with two young women on their arm. They give each other a nod and then walk on by with a, a bunch of files. <laughs> <laughs> well, and because him, Neubauer, the guy who headed up the the research and the the scientific study, he survived the concentration camps. Yeah, it sounds what? Nazi shit. This kind of experimentation. Yeah. It is Nazi shit. And, That's exactly what it is. And they say they were others. That's the main hook. There's the others. So then you meet yeah. two female twins that were non-identical, but they each went and did film studies. They ended up going to like uni and studying film. They both had like the same mannerisms, and they both um, what's it called? What was the other one? They they both had um mental health issues. Yeah. So and then it turns out our three identical strangers. Then it starts coming out of the woodwork. All three of those when they were children. They had mental health issues. So when they were babies, they were would... similar traits. Yeah, they would all smash their heads against the cot. Uh, and they're, they're, they're absolutely adamant that like, that will have been brought on by an unknown separation anxiety. Probably, because if you're in the if you're in the womb with two of your siblings and then six, you know, then suddenly 
them two yeah, disappear. Been, it wasn't like you, you're born, then you're handed over to a family. Like three months or so passes of you in like the adoption yeah. orphanage or whatever. The baby farmer Nazi scientist goes to. I don't know what the fuck it'll be. But. And then we meet, um, and fair play, this documentary is so well... The, 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 there's not a single wasted word in this documentary. And the people he... But the interesting thing, just just quickly, because when, when you meet the, the female twins, they got notified. They didn't find each other. They got notified. Yeah. And the reason they got notified is because the, the identical twins found each other and they were asking questions. And yes. the adoption agency was like, ah, oh, fuck, need to cover our backs on this one. Send yeah. it out. Let, let, let's get ahead of this one. And then when you find out it's due to studies, I was hoping I'm at, I had my fingers crossed that these kids would have superpowers. <laughs> well you think it's like the umbrella academy is that what's going on here? yeah and i'm like i didn't see anyone throw that frisbee in the beginning is this gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> we've probably spent too much time watching television um the, the great job that the director does tim wardle is the people he brings into this so there's not a lot of people in this documentary so you get to you get to meet a couple of their parents who are still alive. You get to meet the journalist who starts uncovering all of the nonsense that's going on. And then we meet an old lady called Natasha Josephowitz, who was the PA to what was the scientist's name? Nauberger. New, Neubauer. Neubauer. Neubauer, but it's not spelt Neubauer, but you, you, yeah. you get it. So she was his personal assistant. And you, you meet her and she is this little old lady and she's a tough cookie, right? She is ice fucking cold, this woman. I Yeah, I did not like her. She First off, when you're doing something like this and you're the PA to the guy who fucked up, you know, children's lives for science, I wouldn't be like, here's a picture of me of Michelle Obama. Yep. Here's one of me of a 16-year-old of Errol Flynn. Yep. He was a hoot. He, he was a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> What a great thing for her to say. And she said, yeah, listen, it, are we going to talk about this or what? Are we going to talk about the twin study or what? And, you know, the documentary maker says, yeah, OK, all right, go on then, old lady. Um, and she just lays it out in a scientific format of and there's no emotion in it. For yeah, her. yeah, they don't give a shit. They said no one was even considering that it was a bad thing they were doing to these kids. No, and because it was then science. She, so and then okay. she says how it was a nature versus nurture, and they and then the reporter rightly says you couldn't have done that because they said it was about the parenting. That's yes. what they said their test yeah, yeah. was, and they said, well, how could you have possibly known what the parenting techniques were like of the people you were placing? And then you go back to an earlier nugget of information you got: they all yep. had older sisters that were also adopted. Yes. So this has and, been like a long systemic plan. Yeah. Like this could be hundreds of people yeah going this is it. effectively this is the boys from brazil isn't it mm. all right this is all set up it's all controlled and we want to make people who are like this it's it, this has got movie written all over it and i'm not talking bet midler lily tomlin here or arnold schwarzenegger danny devito this has got genuine good boys netflix movie starting. Yeah. Good Netflix movie with crows migrating as um, <laughs> transition shots. But what, um, what, is what, what Natasha said, right, was we are moved to behaviors that we are totally unconscious about. 
So we genuinely think we have free will. We don't. Our personality that's embedded into our brains controls a lot of that is what, she, what her point is. And we don't like to hear that because we all think we've got free will. Effectively, what she's saying is you're in the matrix. Suck it up. Get on with it. <laughs> whenever whenever I picture you watching one of these documentaries, Matt, which I hope I never hope that you're sad. I want you to know that. Right. I, I hope we have some entertaining <laughs> shit. To look about. And I want you to come out and go, God, don't I feel good about my life? But I know that's not the case. Actually, empathy I, did feel, I did feel good about my life after this. It's just, it's just, I always picture you with that Donnie Darko soundtrack music that goes <laughs> all around me, your familiar faces. Yeah, we grew up without our brothers, man. Worn out places. <laughs> well, she was cold, man. This old woman was just cold. She was brutal. Oh yeah, I did not. I did not like it. And then they start. This is the one thing I disagreed with them about. They said it was about people with mental health issues they were trying to study. So I didn't. I didn't. I I didn't agree with the idea that they were studying children of people of mental health because it's too much of a stretch to go. Right, we've got three identical triplets. Yeah, but unfortunately the mother's not mental, so we can't use them. Like yeah. it, I think it's about the twin study as opposed to the mental yeah. health thing. Nature versus nature. I just nature. imagine and the men, mental, health. mental health is... I, I grew up with a parent who suffered terribly with her mental health and no one spoke about it. And that that mm. was in the 70s, right? And the 80s well, and the 90s. You didn't have Facebook then, did you? <laughs> we didn't even know it existed. Yeah, we didn't know Facebook it could get likes. Along. Yeah. I didn't see the right meme. Then I realized I was bipolar. <laughs> Yeah, mental health is that. Yeah, it's it's just it's talked about now, right? Which it rarely has been in the past. So um, I I I agree with you as well. I don't think it was about mental health in any way. Purely nature versus nurture. But obviously, I think mental health situations arise because because during those times, if you had to put a child up for adoption, you're probably in a bad place. Absolutely. Like I say, the triplets were from just a one night stand on prom night. That's going to be traumatic. She, she yeah. never turned out great. And then the other. The woman who gave up the twins, um, she had a history of schizophrenia. Yes. Uh, the female twins. So yeah, like, yeah. there was dots to cross, but I think this is... I mean, if they're tracking where the oldest sisters went to then where they put the brother... This is hundreds of people, like hundreds of people they did this shit with. There is something long and behold. This is the reason why they're popping corks on champagne then shutting down the adoption agency. Yes, absolutely. Which, you know, lawyers are trying to use quite vigorously. They have fucking customers coming in, but they need that shit gone and to be away from it before someone's deposed. Yeah. It was, it was, it's criminal, right? And you start, and the brothers are being interviewed and you can tell how angry they're getting. They're getting more and more. Oh, and they're getting tired of the questions. Yeah, and and you see the footage of them as older brothers being interviewed. And it's not like the young, hey, happy to be on the Donahue show here. It's yeah, yeah, we do this, this, and this, and this. We're very similar, you know. It's 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 weird. Yeah, and um, um, and then they started talking about Eddie because he is diagnosed with manic depression. Now he is one yeah. of the tri triplets. One of the brothers leaves the business. Yeah, that was Eddie. Oh no, that was the other one, no, wasn't it? Sorry, that was yeah. that was and Bobby. It, they upset Eddie. Yeah, because there was conflicting work ethics, they said. Uh, one of them felt, they two felt betrayed, one felt pushed out. They said I, there was conflicting work ethics, which made me laugh a little bit because there's a phrase I've heard a lot. I was, um, <laughs> I was gonna, 
Let me read out the note I made here, right? Um, well, you printed them out, did you? Your fucking job's worth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find that later. I might have typed it in and then deleted it, because basically I went, uh, conflicting work ethics. Does that ring any bells for you, Rick? <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I can't help my DNA. Exact nature versus nurture. This is, we are what we are. Thank you, Doctor. At least I have an M for it now. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm hiding behind the science of a documentary. So, so yeah, so, so Eddie's a few things. Manic depression. Manic depressive, and a few things happen. So David's dad dies. Now, David was the dad that really championed the brothers being brothers, and they all came. And yeah. they, even though they were the lowest income family, it'll be round theirs. They would all hang out. He, it, to him, it was like he had two more sons. Yes, what a great statement! And like you just see, like this warmth, the the love of it, and the big family mentality. He he kind of cultured that, and he helped them. Uh, in work as well like he kind of helped with the arguments because these guys yeah. didn't grow up with each other they didn't know how to clash yes. and for it to be okay so when he passed that was an extra strain and then uh bobby leave and created another one and then eddie's manic depression just kind of fell down and, and cascaded and, and and built up to the point where he wasn't at work one day they checked on him and he had shot himself yeah and that was that was sad man that yeah. was really, really sad. And well, yeah, what, what, yeah. What can you say? Because the they were devastated, right? They were absolutely. And it's at that point you find out they had all been in a uh, medical f- facility yeah. as well for mental health. Yeah, they've all had mental health issues. All three of them. Um, it was just that Eddie's was worse. Um, and then the journalist has a taped interview with Newbauer, the scientist. And he's basically, he's Mr. Slippery from Slipperyville. Oh, yeah, he's, he's not saying anything. Yeah. Why haven't you published the results, Doctor? Yeah, we'll publish in about a year. He doesn't publish the report, ever. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of Richard Masters, that one. Is he the kid from the Jinx? No, no. Who's Richard worse. Masters? Richard Masters is the, uh, uh, the chairman of the Premier League who runs the Premier League uh, owners and directors tests. <sighs> I, I'm embarrassed I didn't know that. How long have I you been talking be. to you, you about be. this? Ah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. genuinely embarrassed I didn't know that. Let it go. Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, so Newbauer, slippery as a fucking slippery, slippery eel. And basically, the he says the study was never published. It's now being held in Yale University and it's been placed under a seal so that no one can access but on their database, on Yale University's database, you can see that they've got the boxes and what it contains, which is the it twin fasc- study. It fascinated me. That's almost like um, that's like a lap dance of information, right? They're showing you everything, but they're showing you nothing, <laughs> right? Because they're like, yeah, it's all over here. No, you can't touch it. You're not allowed to touch. Oh, Matt's mind goes to happy places during sad programs. <laughs> <laughs> That is like the grenade chocolate bar I ate yesterday. <laughs> it was delicious, but I felt sad afterwards. So the brother's going, all of the information is there, but it's not going to be released until 2066. Amazing you can do that. Amazing uh, yes. that, that can happen. Uh, yeah, and apparently you can because it's in the name of science. You can open that, but uh, after uh, 20 years after I've fucking died, you can read what I did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But they're only just releasing, aren't they? Margaret Thatcher's files because now. 
because everybody's who was connected to it in any way who could be tarnished could by be it, prosecuted he's yeah. probably dead it's like the casino it's just like you know how this is going to play out it's always better with no witnesses and <laughs> <laughs> shut the windows billy shut the windows yeah. Yeah, and he's um, what was the other thing? Yeah, there's more than one suicide within the study, which that is, I bet, when they pulled the plugs, put the fucking seal on. Yeah, seal it. Um, and then we meet Lawrence Perlman. So he was a research assistant on the Newbauer twin study project. And this guy, if you thought that old lady was cold, this motherfucker's oh. cold. It's and a, he's it's a really scientist bad because. Again, these guys see it as an anecdote of a job they did. They never actually witnessed yes. the hurt they caused. And he's so laughing, he's like, isn't he? It's cut, he's like, yeah, he's not the empathetic character you really want to see from this. He's like, yeah, you know, I could have I could have just been like, I was with your brother yesterday when he's doing the blocks. And <laughs> you, you really look like the little kid whose house I was around the other day doing raw sack uh, tests with. He said yeah. the same thing. And he's kind of laughing and joking about it, but uh, that could have been cut to look that way because you need a face to hit with what had happened to these guys. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, and um, don't forget, he he was a scientist. He had bills to pay. And they said, hey, all you got to do is get some kids to play some games and videotape them. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, well, that's an easy 15 grand a year. Thanks very much. What's it? We've got a few deleted episodes because of my theory of they had bills to pay, so it's fine what they did. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's how people justify it. I got bills to pay. Sorry, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. And it's his first job as a scientist, and they probably think everything's you know kosher. Um, of course they do. Pro probably wasn't them companies, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, again, it, and it just it goes through, and it's just awful to be able to play with people's lives like that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? For science, to be treated like lab rats. Yeah, these are little project nims. That's all they are. Or. Um, what was the uh, what's the killer whale's name? Not Tallulah. Oh, Telecom. Telecom. Thank you. So then that's when they start to explain they wanted to see the difference in the parenting styles. And this yeah. goes in quite a dark but fascinating thing where they see how each one show like turned out. The one who had committed suicide had the most distant and strict father. And then yes. I thought it was a good I thought it was a very good thing the other brothers didn't blame his dad. For no. that they were they were quick to jump to like no that no, no. and the dad you in, they interview the uh, Eddie's dad uh, he looks like a Roald Dahl character at this yes, age he does. looks like yeah. fucking baby Yoda he's that old now bless him he's got just the yeah. biggest ears I've ever seen um yeah. and they well, go he's, through it because he's that old and his his teeth are moving and yeah and he's he's got remorse right he's he's got his oh, son killed the himself the guilt of he, it yeah the guilt of yeah. it and he, he blames himself had I not taught him how you know to deal or cope with life more yes. And it's sad. It's it's all very very sad. And then you see the guy because the guy who re was raised with you know the loving dad, he pops on screen. He's lovable. Yeah. He could have been in a fucking uh, Kevin James sitcom. Do you know what I mean? He could be that guy. They just uh... yes, uh, yeah, he's adorable. Yeah. So if you could have his personality, but Bobby's diet, you'd be yeah, that would be the perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the the three the Goldilocks and the three bears really out of the bunch. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's a fascinating study. And uh, I tell you what, when, when the time comes, it has definitely influenced my parenting style. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah, should be supportive and loving, right? You learn a lot from that. Yeah, that that is the way that. It, and they've released, and then the end of it, because you see him ringing up and trying to get the studies. Now, yes. being a documentary nerd, I'm aware narratively that. That's never a good sign. 
If you have the guy in modern day ringing up asking for something, that is such dull footage. You know they don't get anything in the time of filming. Otherwise, they would say, so I rang up and we got this. And they would show yeah. you the thing they got. So now he's ringing up and he's uh, he's even jovial on the phone with him. I love David. Yeah. I actually think he's hilarious. He's like, so you're the first line of defense. Are you? <laughs> I'm going to email you. Um, and then they say after the time of filming, they have released 10,000 pages, but a lot of them yeah. are heavily redacted. To protect the other people out there. To, yeah. to protect the other people out there, which again is fascinating because that means there is a lot. Now, there will be a lot of people that have a twin and doesn't know about it. So you could be the, the, the end of the movie is basically saying like you could walk around the street one day and boom, you've just walked into your yeah. twin. You just found someone who can give you a liver. I'm I'm going to tell you kidney. something. I, I don't think I'd get along with mine. No, Rick, no <laughs> shit. I, I don't think I'd get along with yours either. If I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would be their chew toy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we need someone else here, otherwise we talk about each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the re- the report, basically, it contains no formal conclusions. So, you know, nothing was... So what the fuck are they trying to hide, then? That was the, that was the weird thing. Financial culpability, because the charity, the, it said it was funded by a private charity, and they are what you would definitely call fucking liable for damages, uh, mental stress, all this stuff. And they will want to be covered to up the yin yang because that is, yeah. I mean, that is compensation beyond belief that they would be entitled to if they could ever get the proof. The well, and the proof pi- of it. The, the organization that sealed the stuff and has got access to it are called the Jewish Board of Family and Children's Services. And because they did a nice thing, right? They decided to release the information to the two remaining brothers. I think that was. That was a nice thing to do. Heavily he, redacted is the key word but, within that. Sure, but but here's what I'm thinking. This documentary has made more money than any other documentary we've ever looked at, or let's be honest, are ever probably going to look at, right? 13 and a half million is a lot of money, Rick. Mm. Will the brothers get a cut of that? Or do I'd CNN like, I, I, and, and, and Film 4, Channel 4, do they take their bit and go, thanks, lads, nice work. You know, you're on equity rates. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, that's a tough one. I I, I would would be fascinated to find that out, but I think you'd get paid a a whopping upfront sign non-fee. I think you'd get the fee upfront. I think they may have did this documentary in order to create awareness to help with a future legal battle if we get out in the public eye and get the story known. Yeah, maybe. That, That could be a thing because it wasn't until after filming they released it to like, shit, people have gonna know about this we need to do something um but yeah i think that would come down to the production company's profits i think you might get residual checks on wherever it's shown maybe's but i don't think they'll be on a yeah. profit share good money though good money so how, how did you feel at the end of watching the documentary when it all got wrapped up like it was so much better than wrinkles the clown i couldn't believe it like i thought that was an excellent <laughs> okay. Excellent. It's it's sad. You learn something. Yeah, I mean, is it? I mean, as evil as the study is, I've definitely learned something about fucking parenting. Like, yeah. Listen, then the documentary's done wonders, right? If that's gonna, you know, at some point, I, I found out the other day someone I interviewed on for the, one of these podcasts. Uh, he had his uh, last child at fifty-five, 
And he's like, yeah, you got time. I have children. So if this, you know, if I do have kids and this thing has taught me, be nice to your bloody kids. Don't be a strict, basically, don't be a strict disciplinarian. How great would it have been since he's since he's because it was what what's the gentleman you interviewed for the Delorean? Barry Barry Wills. Barry Wills, and since he's got the same last name, he went and he's also four foot eleven and got a ginger <laughs> afro. <laughs> got really like, long arms. <laughs> and he's like, sorry, I've got to, I've got to be out by two. I promise him when I barely know it, I would help him move house. <laughs> 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 He's such a lovely guy. Um, <laughs> I left this documentary feeling so miserable. It genuinely, it was, it really upset me. I was just, and I'm not, I'm not sure what I was upset about. Was it about Eddie dying? Was it about the fact that these three brothers were split up? What sort of life would they have had if they weren't adopted? Right, and so, mm-hmm. because someone didn't want to take on triplets, and they went into the system it's, of care. It's a different. Yeah. Right. Different world. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's, very upsetting. The whole what thing. they did was fundamentally wrong. Any good that came out of it, they made it themselves. Like, and that's, do you know what I mean? Like, they capitalized on it. They had the lucky break. But there were people that were still probably having mental health problems, still probably having uh, an unknown separation anxiety because they were ripped away from a twin or a triplet. Yeah. Uh, they were born next to and and they don't even know exists and probably in medical facilities right now trying to deal or, 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 or cope with this. So anything good that happens, this is the fortunate three, if you yeah. look at it that way. And the rest that did it. And the people who do these kind of tests, I, I could give a shit. They should be held accountable. They should be in court. They should be deposed. And and the people should be compensated and helped. I, I think all the people who were arguing on the side of science, they didn't come across. And it was probably made to look like that, right? Because you've got to have your bad guy in this one. You have to. Yeah. And the, and science was the bad guy well, in this well, one. Well, you could cut me saying, well, I've learned something about parenting. And if that's the only bit you hear, you'll go, well, you doesn't give a shit about the other stuff that happened. That's that's one of the good yes. things about a yeah, podcast. Yeah. You can you can take your time to explain your point. Whereas you make a joke on stage in, in a certain direction, they think that's yeah. hard and fast, your point nailed on. Yeah, someone with their phone there can screw you over. So, right, let's... Uh, Not that let, people do that. What we what we wouldn't give for people to share our clips. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's our business model that's not working. But. We are not social media experts. What's your score, boy? I'm giving us a solid four. I, I, I thought it was excellent. Yeah. I, it, that's what... Like, it, it's either... It could have had a more satisfying conclusion, which is almost offensive to the lives of the three brothers because yeah. of their life story. But the story itself it is entertaining. It is fascinating. And yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely whack it up there as a one I'm glad I watched. And we've seen some stinkers. Like We have seen some stinkers. I get, I get asked which um, documentary should I watch so I can listen to the podcast. I'm like, I gotta be honest. Some of the documentaries are so bad. I think the podcast is better than the documentary. Than the yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, when we watch. Um, and, but you would say some of those are my choices, and I would say some of those are yours. Our, our vote, you know, we what are we that yin now. and yang, aren't we? We are that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we have. We we're, the the who picks the documentaries has now became more of a, an electoral college system. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, I am we are doing Pennsylvania cats. and Nevada. <laughs> we are doing Cats the movie for Christmas. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what Florida and Texas have to say about that, young man. Um, I'm going to give this. I'm going to match your score. I wrote 
I don't normally score them in advance. I that never ever crosses my mind until it, it gets brought up here. But I wrote on here three and a half question mark and just reliving it with you. The fact that it's going to make you a better parent. That's yeah. Go on. That's four. Let's. So it's a solid eight from us. Solid eight. Which is not bad for a documentary that bought in 13 and a half million. If we million. go over the scores, there's, there's some fucking swing stairs. has got better scores than they deserve, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right. So thank you very much for downloading the episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. We are very grateful for you giving up your time for us. Uh, please share. That really, really helps um, us as artists and we, it's we have good a, for a Facebook page that uh, since me yep. and Matt like don't like taking pictures of ourselves, you'll find them of our respective pets along with a picture of whatever podcast we're doing. Yep. Uh we're gonna be putting clips up on YouTube and uh, yeah, a whole a bu- bunch of cool stuff coming with and uh, yeah, anyone who's listening, just thanks very much for listening. Uh, yeah, a review helps, you. a like helps, and uh, if not, just just keep listening. Or or, or, or subscribe and then don't the numbers really really cheer us up either way but thank you very much <laughs> and uh yeah if you wish to see myself and matt perform stand-up comedy before we're rounded up into fema camps uh go to one-off comedy on facebook and yep. uh, yeah and you'll see where we're performing then so thanks very much for listening and that is up and down the country well mainly southwest but uh <laughs> but someone from the north could check and be disappointed but if you're not if yeah. you're not between kent and brighton you're gonna you're gonna be severely disappointed <laughs> So, say goodbye, Rick. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you very much for joining. Uh, Download more of our episodes, and we'll see you soon. Not sure when, but soon. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) 